This is the Weekly Wealth Podcast with Certified Financial Planner, David Chudik, where we discuss the wealth-building mindsets and tactics that can help you to build and maintain wealth for you, your family, and your business. Earlier this week, I hosted a webinar with retirement plan consultant Austin Erickson. We talked about some of the features of the Secure Act 2.0 and how they can affect your company's 401k plan. So I hope that you enjoy this episode. I wanted to put it into podcast form. And if you have any questions about anything that you've heard, make sure to email me, David, at ParallelFinancial.com. That's David at ParallelFinancial.com. Or you can go to the website, www.weeklywealthpodcast.com, and you can click on the microphone icon and you can leave a voice message and I'll get back with you. Hope that you enjoy this episode. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to this webinar. Um, I'm really trying to bring some content to our clients and to our followers that could help them to just make the best financial decisions that they possibly can. So I'm really excited. We're talking about the Secure Act 2.0, which on the surface doesn't sound all that exciting, but I think that you'll find some beneficial uh, information here. Uh, we have Austin Erickson today with uh, John Hancock, and he's going to be talking about some of the some of the details of the Secure Act 2.0 that uh, that apply to you as individuals and also as business owners. So, hey, Austin, how are you? Doing very well, David, and certainly appreciate you having me on here this afternoon. But yeah, but let's take it from here and uh, let's have you tell us everything we need to know about the Secure Act 2.0. And if anybody out there has any questions, feel free to uh, hit the chat button and, and we'll get them answered for you. All right. And certainly appreciate that, David, and certainly appreciate everybody's time this afternoon. It's a pleasure to be here. Again, my name is Austin Erickson. I'm a local regional vice president that supports retirement plans for small businesses, just like many of you all's. Like David mentioned, what we're really going to be really discussing today is some new legislation that's come about, Secure 2.0. And what's really cool about this legislation is that it was really designed with two goals in mind. The first of these goals is to make retirement plans that much easier to access and set up, both on behalf of you as a business owner and for your employees. And second, what's really cool is that for those of you that may be joining us today that do already have retirement plans, this is really meant to take a lot of the administrative burden off you. We know many times as business owners, you're wearing 20 different hats, spinning five plates and juggling balls there. This is really meant to take at least a couple of those balls, plates, and tasks off your overall workload there and hopefully make maintaining what can be one of the strongest benefits for your employees in your arsenal that much easier there. So with that, let's go ahead and dive in and take a look at some of those changes. So Austin, is it fair to say that when the government is trying to make 401ks and retirement plans more accessible and easier to administer, is that kind of a, a, another way of telling us that we shouldn't be individually counting on Social Security to fund our entire retirement? It's a really good question there. So a lot of this is stemming from really what we've seen in the past, let's call it 40 years of a move from that old school traditional pension plan what you may have thought of maybe many of your grandparents or even parents or maybe even those that still work in governmental positions may have, where really it was on the employer to fund the overall retirement picture for many of the employees. We have seen most 
private employers, the vast majority, move away from a model like that, shifting the burden from the company to the individual there. And I think it may be safe to say as well, with the uncertainty around long-term social security, it's become more important than ever to make sure that as an individual business owner, employee, what have you, that you're making sure that your retirement plan is your retirement plan and picture is fully taken care of without the need for some of those outside sources that may have traditionally been a bit more dependable. Perfect. Awesome. Just wanted to get that out of the way. So take it away. We talked a moment ago about some of those administrative reforms that have been introduced. Let's go ahead and run through some of those. The first is this idea of what's called allowing de minimis financial incentives. And this one, as funky as that may sound, is actually one of the cooler ones within the plan overall. So I've had the opportunity just through my role as a small business and advisory consultant to meet with many, many businesses across the Southeast, down in Texas, as well as up in the Midwest and Chicagoland. And one thing I hear from many business owners with companies, big and small, is that sometimes it can be very difficult to get the employees to really wrap their heads around what the benefit of this retirement plan is. When they see the benefit, great things happen. You get more buy-in, more retention, they're appreciative of their employer. And ultimately, as a business owner, you are getting that mental reward you're looking for from setting up what can, again, be one of the most robust benefits available to them. So to help close this gap and give you that many more tools to use to get your employees plugged in, you can now provide small incentives to your employees to get involved with the 401k. What might this look like? Well, maybe you're bringing in your financial professional, such as if you were to partner with David on a retirement plan, and he's going to come in and do a lunch meeting, something like that, where he talks about what the plan is, how it works, how to enroll, some of the tools that are available, all that good stuff. And then at the end of that meeting, you say, hey, you know, what we've got here is five $10 Starbucks gift cards, very small incentives, but incentives nonetheless. For those that jump on their phone today, enroll in the plan and contribute at least 3%, we will give you a Starbucks gift card. Something very easy they can pop on and do and something that can make a huge impact in their long-term financial picture. What this comes from is really this idea of gamification. We found even in modules we conduct on our own website for our platform, when you give employees even things like badges or virtual prizes they can unlock, participation and engagement rates skyrocket in these kind of activities. So taking that concept, really wrapping it into something that can get them involved in the plan is where this type of legislation came from. I like it. Absolutely. Definitely something that much more makes that lunch meeting that much more exciting there. So another pretty cool thing that's coming around the corner here is this idea of the Rothification of catch-up contributions within a 401k plan. Light speed review on catch-up contributions for those employees and owners who are over aged 50. You do gain access to additional contributions into your qualified retirement plans. What's the benefit of this? Generally speaking, you have the opportunity to create further 
contributions to your tax advantage buckets here. And with the idea of opening the door of Roth, this allows you to be that much more advantageous and personalized when it comes to how we handle these tax qualified contributions. So again, at a high level, and as a review for many on the call, Roth is going to allow us to pay the taxes today on this money in order to, with certain conditions being met, withdraw it tax-free at a later date in retirement. Thanks to the Rothification of catch-ups, for those highly compensated business owners, they can now put away more dollars into that Roth account in a way that's going to allow them to knock out the taxes, experience some growth, and again, by meeting a few simple qualifications, take out those dollars at a later date tax-free. So that's something that you can ultimately, if you are a highly compensated employee, or in this case, those making FICA compensation greater than 145000 you can consult with your tax professional and see if this may be a strategy that's appropriate for you. As again, those catch-up contributions are now Rothified starting in 2024. This is another one that goes back to that efficiency that we talked about for you as a business owner and for your overall practice. Employees can now do what's called um, hardship distribution certification. What does this mean? Well, you as an employee have some scenario in which you need to take the money out of your 401k plan. It is not a retirement distribution. This is not something where we're now converting this to, to cash flow or anything like that. Some sort of emergency or major financial event has caused you to require this money, and we are now looking to take it out. Previously and prior to, to Secure 2.0, this could be a somewhat cumbersome event in that your employer, believe it or not, had to certify your hardship distribution. As you can already imagine, there are a number of issues that can arise from this. It could be something where the employee is sharing what may be an uncomfortable fact or event with their employer. And at the very least, it was an undue, in many cases and opinions, administrative burden on the business owner. Again, we talk about those many hats that you're wearing. All of a sudden, you've got an employee having to explain what may be a very uncomfortable situation. You're in the middle of signing and authorizing paperwork between that employee and the 401k provider. Thanks to Secure 2.0, employees can now self-certify their own hardship distribution need. This is effective for the 2023 plan year. So again, just one less or one more thing off your plate as a business owner and ultimately a benefit to the employees themselves and that it makes it that much more streamlined for them. They're not waiting on some other party to approve what may be a major difficulty in their own life. This one's very exciting here. Moving along to our next statute, our increased catch-up contribution limits. We do have an increased limit indexed for inflation of a very significant amount there that does continue to increase. This will be effective for tax years beginning after 2024. In long and short, this is not just a one-time fix. These increased limits will continue to be indexed to the cost of living adjustments that are made in the future. So something to look forward to with this, 
you will have expanded ability to contribute to your plan for those individuals who are getting closer to retirement, and that benefit will continue to enhance and increase going forward at a later date. Now, this next one, the last of our secure 2.0 enhancements that we're going to cover from an, from an overall administrative perspective is this idea of long-term part-time employees. And I will preface this part by saying this may be the only one that could potentially put a slightly larger burden on you as an employer. But what it does do is make sure that those individuals who have been working for you for a very long time, i.e. these long-term part-time employees, are receiving the benefits that that he or she may deserve there. And by extension, hopefully that can help you keep those individuals who know your business who know the work very well, to stay around that much longer. So what this provision does, and this works just as well as an FYI to those on the call who may employ some of these folks, is that beginning with 2025, those employees who worked consecutive uh, years of 500 hours or more of service, which is not very many hours, if you think of the week as 52 weeks in a year, that could be roughly 10 weeks a or 10 hours a week that they're working in order to qualify for this and that takes it down from doing that from 3 years to just 2 years of that so this is just as important not only for those part-time employees that you may have worked with for a long period of time but one that comes up a lot that business owners have not as actively considered are those seasonal employees that you may work with year over year. Maybe you've got a group of individuals that comes just in December. It's some sort of holiday job that you've got for them, and they work a significant number of hours, just one, maybe two months of the year. These would be individuals to make sure that you are including in your 401k or retirement plan if they have been doing this for two or more years. So again, that is coming down the pipe in 2025, something to make sure that you keep your eyes on and are aware of. And again, we are looking at a 500 hour per year of eligibility for those individuals to qualify. There are a number of things that they may be excluded from is the good news. So you'll see here, for those of you that are watching along with the video or webcast today, Many of these are common compliance tests within a 401k plan that evaluate just how much of a benefit and just how engaged your underlying employees are. Good news is federal government did not design this provision to blow up the compliance test or limit you, for those of you that are owners, ability to contribute in any way. What this was really designed for is to make sure that those employees who have been loyal to a company and with a company for a long period of time have the advantage to take or have the opportunity to take advantage of some of the benefits that may be available to them. So long story short, these individuals should not dramatically mess up your compliance tests, but they can now get some of the benefits that the plan offers. So David, any thoughts before we move on to some of our compliance change and advantages section here? Yeah. So a couple of things, one of the beauties of a 401k plan is the flexibility of it on how many different options and how it can be structured. But on the same token, one of the kind of confusing parts of 401k plans is how many options and how they can be structured. 
So just like any other major financial decision, I always really encourage people to use somebody local that they can have a conversation with and talk about their goals and their plans in setting up the plan, um, as opposed to just some 800 number or or some um, you know online plan. So so work with somebody local because these can be very very. Uh, customizable plans, but you also, you know, as you get into compliance, uh, they can have some pretty major penalties if you're if they're not handled correctly. But 401k plans are a great way for for small to medium sized businesses to compete with the big corporations for talent, and and we all know that talent is hard to find right now. So if you can get some talent and keep it, you are way ahead of the game. Absolutely. And I don't have the exact stat on hand here, so um, don't hold my feet to the fire on this one. But I believe the number is something along the lines of over 75% of employees under 40 asked said that they would not work for a company that did not have a 401k or equivalent benefit there. So something to David, your point there, if you are a smaller business owner competing with some of these larger shops for talent, this can be a fantastic way to attract and retain those individuals. And many small business owners just simply care about their their people too, and they want them. They want to know that that upon retirement, their team members are going to have something that that's saved up, so they can have a good lifestyle in retirement. So, a lot of great benefits to setting up a retirement plan for you and your team. Absolutely, and that tees us up very, very well for our next discussion in our next session: compliance changes. These are, again, things that are going to be much more from a high level, advantageous to your business. Again, increasing efficiencies and really just making the retirement plan that much more accessible and beneficial. The first of these is something that applies to everyone who moves from their accumulation of dollars as they work to prepare for retirement to what does it look like to actually unwind this money? What does it look like to retire with dignity? And how do I access this money in the most advantageous way for myself and my family? One of the things that SECURE Act did is increase what's called the RMD or required minimum distribution age. Long and short, we've touched on this a bit today, but one of the major advantages of the 401k and other qualified plans is that they allow you to be very strategic with your overall tax picture, paying some taxes today, deferring taxes on some dollars later, really allows you to maximize the amount that you're saving and minimize what you ultimately have to pay in taxes on your hard-earned income. That being said, the government does want to make sure that those dollars that are put in on what's called a pre-tax basis do eventually come out and that they receive those tax dollars on it. As a result, they've created what is called the required minimum distribution age, or long and short, traditionally starting at age 70 and a half, you must start withdrawing some amount of money from your 401k plan. There's all kinds of crazy actuarial tables. We won't go down the rabbit hole today that say what that amount must be. And local financial advisors like David can support with that overall discussion. But what this clause in Secure 2.0 does is actually push that out to age 73, starting on Jan 1 of this year, 
So it gives you a little bit more breathing room to say, okay, maybe I have more than I need and I'd rather this money continue to grow, invested, and remain in this tax-advantaged account. So it gives you a couple more years for that, for you to make those decisions. And in fact, that is designed to continue to increase, bumping up to age 75, beginning in Jan 1 of 2033. So with that being said, it's sort of a step up ladder there of pushing it further and further back, allowing you to have significantly more control over what those dollars do and what that retirement plan picture looks like. Another really cool thing that happened here was the reduction in the penalties on late RMDs. Like I said a moment ago, Uncle Sam really does want his tax dollars at some point. And traditionally, if for whatever reason you did as an individual miss that RMD, the penalties were extremely steep, being a 50% penalty on the amount that you would need to pay for the excise tax on that RMD. Essentially, the federal government sat down and said, okay, we do still need to get our tax dollars sooner rather than later here, but 50% is so steep that this may ultimately be impacting the retirement pictures of Americans who very well may have just made an honest mistake. Maybe they had a spouse that was handling the RMDs who may have passed away. It was a responsibility they weren't aware of. There are a number of scenarios that can cause an, uh, an individual to frankly innocently miss the RMD. So as a result, they did lower that excise tax from 50% to 25%. And in fact, with the understanding that life can be complicated and that things do happen, if they do correct that within a timely manner, i.e. two years, that excise tax is further reduced to 10%. So what previously was what could be a stifling lifestyle impacting penalty that has gone all the way from 50% to as low as 10%. There's some other cool things happening here. In 2024, no pre-death RMD is required from Roth accounts held in a qualified plan. So again, we talk about giving you and your employees just more flexibility for what that retirement might look like. This just opens the door that much wider there. Going back to this concept here of giving you as an owner more options and flexibility within your plan, we're looking now at what's called force out limits within the retirement plan. So what a force out limit is, is let's say you sit down with your administrator, your accountant, with a local financial professional like David, and you're saying, okay, this year my goal is to clean up my retirement plan. I'm showing 50 participants accounted for only 22 people even work for us anymore. We've got retired employees. We've got folks that were on the payroll for six months, then dropped off. How do we make this plan that much leaner, work that much more efficiently, and likely cut down in overall costs? The force out limit can be a great way to do this. What this essentially says is that as a business owner, partnering with an administrator here, we can actually force account balances of under $5,000 out of a plan. So that if you've got all these, again, old balances, we can have those accounts be pushed into IRAs outside the plan 
so that you're not paying the administrative burden for those rank and file employees who may not even be with the company anymore or may have entirely disengaged from the benefit. Thanks to Secure 2.0, this has increased the limit to as high as $7,000. So that's something where you have that much more flexibility in terms of making sure that your plan is operating very leanly, very efficiently. And then honestly, you're not tracking 20, 30, 40 employees who may not be, be even receiving a direct benefit from this plan anymore. There is no cost of living adjustment built into this. So 7,000 is going to be the number for the foreseeable future there. That being said, in the vast majority of plans that we have done this on and have cleaned up, you start to see a pretty dramatic difference from those that are still with the plan, still contributing, building those balances, maybe 10,000, 15,000, 20,000 or higher in those that were just in it for a little bit left the company maybe after a year or less and fall well under that threshold. And that is effective Jan 1 of 2024. Another major benefit of that is this idea of when a plan crosses an audit threshold. If you're currently a small to medium-sized business owner and potentially have over 100 employees within your company, this is a really, really big slide here. What this really says is that previously, we were looking at employees. So with employees, if you had 150 employees and the vast majority of them are contributing, your plan is going to be subject to an audit. Now, we may have many business owners on the call or listening to the podcast today. Audit is probably one of the dirtiest words in the small business owner playbook there. That is something that when I'm working with business owners in this threshold, more so than many of the other things, even sometimes more so than costs that go into setting up a retirement plan, avoiding and managing an audit tends to be one of the number one, if not the top priority for these plans. Thanks to the Secure 2.0 provision, we are looking at 100 or more true participants in the plan to be subject to that audit. So if you think back to our prior slide about those force outs and making sure that we're keeping the plan as lean as possible, I have seen many cases this year alone that have leveraged even that current $5,000 force out in order to make sure that we're keeping the plan under that 100 uh, participant audit limit and thereby likely saving the company a ton of time and money that may have been put towards that audit. So a tremendous benefit even though on paper that may appear to be a small change, could save a company tens of thousands of dollars in some cases. So David, before we head to the next section, any questions or thoughts we want to jump in with there? No, you know, I just like the 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 new amount of flexibility that the Secure Act 2.0 plan does give to the business owner. So it makes things a little bit easier and gives more flexibility. And uh, yeah, I think it's a good thing. And speaking of good things, this next slide, in my opinion, is certainly the one that I've seen business owners deriving the most credit from anecdotally in my travels here. And this is this idea of expanded startup tax credits. So with this, and this likely comes as no surprise to anyone on the call, the number one reason statistically that a business owner does not set up a retirement plan on behalf of themselves and their employees is due to perceived expenses there. 
Again, we know there's so many things on your table. There's so many bills, there's so many various items you're handling, staffing, et cetera. This idea of paying for and managing a retirement plan can be daunting. And the federal government fortunately recognized that this was an issue. In Secure 1.0, little light speed history lesson here, they rolled out the original version of this startup tax credit, which on a simplified level essentially stated that you had an up to $5,000 credit, a true credit, not a tax deduction, a true tax credit for starting a new qualified retirement plan for three years per year. So that's $5,000 per year for three years. And you can take up to 50% of your startup costs and take advantage of that much credit. Well, that's all good and well, but with a true cap at 50%, some of these businesses that were operating on a much more lean basis said, look, you know, X number of dollars that I made to put towards setting this thing up, 50% of that is still going to be too much for my budget this year. This is something where what we really found with the original iteration of this is that it just wasn't quite enough to move the needle. As a result, when they did push forth Secure 2.0, they did ultimately open that up to 100% of eligible invoiced expenses to the company there can now be applied towards that $5,000 tax credit. So what we're seeing here is many companies are electing to start a new retirement plan and maybe you know when they do start a new retirement plan, what they may engage and ask their provider to do is what is the highest amount that we can take in an invoiced expense and take off our employees' plate, pay that for the first three years, and then when the plan has grown quite a bit in the course of that three years, proactively review and benchmark their plan in the marketplace find a competitive offering now that their plan has some legs, so to speak, has had some time to grow and has gained some assets. And then at that point, as that tax credit expires, get the plan reestablished at that lower expense level. That way, both the employees and the business owners save a tremendous amount of money within many cases, as much as, like we said, 100% of those eligible expenses being absorbed by those tax credits. So if you take nothing else away from today's discussion, if you are a business owner that is potentially not explored setting up a retirement plan today, this is really the best incentive I've seen in a long time to at least sit down and explore what this might look like for your company. A couple quick caveats on that just to make sure we're rounding all the bases there. That secure 2.0, 100% is limited to those groups that have no more than 50 employees. This does apply to all qualified plans at a small business level, including SEPs and SIMPLEs, as well as those 401ks. And we do have one more important cap that we do need to be aware of. Again, just to make sure we've got the full info today, we are looking at the lesser of um, $250 times non-highly compensated employee or those that are making under a certain threshold between $135,000 or $150,000, depending on the year considered here. 
um, up to that 5,000 with a minimum of $500 of tax credits available there. So for those of you that do have 10, 15, 20 employees and do not currently have a retirement plan set up, you are going to be able to take advantage very likely of as close to that 5,000 as possible, which again can be a great way to defray the costs of setting up and establishing a new retirement plan and making your overall benefits package that much more robust. Um, there's a couple additional tax credits that are available on top of that um, establishing the new plan credit. These primarily are around this idea of giving employer contributions, something that may in and of itself already have tax advantages to your business there. We are looking at, there's a couple caveats worth discussing with your tax professional, financial advisor, or administrator if these things do stick out to you. A maximum of a $1,000 credit per employee making $100,000 or less. We are capped at 100% of contributions for years one and two, and that number does slowly decrease as the life of the plan goes on. But again, in terms of setting up a plan and providing these benefits for your employees, you have an opportunity to receive tax credits not only for setting the plan up, but also for paying for and incentivizing your employees through things like this employer match. So really, all of the traditional elements that drive expense within a new qualified plan are in many cases being subsidized through these tax credits and through efforts by the federal government to make these that much more prevalent within the overall small business marketplace. And Austin, these are things that these are kind of complicated credits and, and, and they may or may not apply to everybody. So this is where, you know, if you have any questions, email me, David at parallelfinancial.com, and we can go through these things. We can get Austin on the line with us, and we can determine which, if any, or all of these credits and how much of your credits would be. And, you know, kind of the whole point is, is that we're here for you. And, um, you know, our clients don't have to know all the details. And, and we can know those for you. So if you have any questions about these credits, we've gone through a lot of them, but David at parallelfinancial.com, and we can definitely discuss those uh, and how they apply to your business uh, specifically. And so as we round the corner, we're going to look at one more thing that may be beneficial to many, uh, many of you all joining us here this afternoon. And that is a relatively new plan type. And in full transparency, this did not come from Secure 2.0, but it is something that many business owners that I've consulted with just weren't aware of. So we thought it might be valuable to bring it to you all here this afternoon. And that's this idea of the cash balance plan. And before I dive into the minutia, and again, we won't go too deep in the weeds. This is something that if anything we cover with our last three to five minutes here is of interest. David is a fantastic resource to consult with on this. But what the cash balance plan is really great for is if you are a business owner today who is maxing out something like a 401k plan, maxing out something like what's called a profit sharing plan, and are still looking at your CPA or current financial professional and saying, I am getting killed by taxes. What else is available to me in my business? The cash balance plan can be a fantastic addition to your overall retirement savings arsenal. What this is, is an additional vehicle 
above and beyond the traditional 401k and cash balance plan that lets you put aside a large lump sum contribution year over year into the plan that is generally speaking tax deductible. So this can be a great way to defer not just tens of thousands of dollars, but in some cases, depending on your age and overall situation, hundreds of thousands of dollars in tax deferred income there into this vehicle. So it is a fantastic opportunity to save a very large amount of money for both you and your business from an overall taxable perspective there. We are looking in this case because not only when you make these contributions, you're making them for yourselves as well as to a smaller extent, your employees. There are a couple of things that we do look at when we're exploring these cash balance plans. When we do make these contributions, the contributions are determined by an actuary, and that's something that David can loop in and correct, uh, connect you with if you want to see what exactly that might look like. But these do need to be relatively dependable contributions year over year, and that they will tell you in order to meet the requirements for the cash balance plan, you have to put in X this year, X plus five next year, X plus 10 the next year, so on and so forth. So while these are a tremendous vehicle, to David's point earlier, there is quite a bit of nuance to them. We can actually, partnering with local representatives who can consult with you, sit down with data on your company and your employees, produce what we call contribution illustrations, and we'll look at an example of that here on the screen in just a moment, and actually show you exactly what the benefit will be to you, what you would need to provide your employees in terms of a benefit to make sure that the plan is compliant, and what the overall tax impact of that may be to you and your business. So again, if as we're exploring these numbers, that's something you're interested in, please reach out to David after today's discussion. Um, so looking at it here, when we explore the illustration on your screen, what we've got is a relatively small business here. We have an owner and their spouse and four rank and file employees. We see that the owner is making a very substantial income of about $330,000 a year. Their spouse is making $45,000 a year, and our employees are making between $35,000 and $75,000 a year. In the case of the cash balance plan for this owner age 66, they are able to put away in this particular scenario the full, if they wanted to, $330,000 into the cash balance plan as a tax qualified contribution, put away an additional $30,000 from their salary into the 401k, and ultimately produce a contribution of $361,000. There may be, again, some minutia there from a how they're declaring their income, the overall structure of the business, et cetera. So I do want to make sure I highlight that caveat. But the long and short is that we are dealing with potentials of six-figure tax-qualified contribution to these things, which can dramatically trim down your overall contribution picture. They do still, of course, owe the employees some contributions here. We see in this case, to put away that large sum, it ends up being roughly 10% of the spouses and a smaller percent of the remaining employees. For And for those of you just joining on the podcast, what this illustration shows is an under $10,000 required allocation to the rank and file and spouse. 
or the long and short here is that this owner was able to put away a very large tax qualified contribution while ultimately not being on the hook for anything that's really jumping off the page for these employees here. Everyone was still able to take advantage of the 401k and in some cases even the profit sharing so that not only does this continue to serve as a benefit for the rank and file employees, it can even be an additional incentive and retention tool there. Um, so all in all, just a fantastic way if you are looking for additional sources of tax qualified buckets to put um, dollars away there. We see here on our screen some maximum deductions broken down by age. Again, all of these do come with something where we'd want to sit down and have that uh, complimentary discussion with the actuary. What we see here is that for age 65, we've got that max deduction of 280, 60, 265, 55, 210. Even uh, for those that are younger but still very, very successful, those age 45, still being able to put away as much as 145,000 into that cash balance plan. So one thing, Austin, that I've that I've always found is the business owners of the world they're very good at their tasks. So typically these types of plans that they work well with with dentists, physicians, attorneys, and so on, but they're not necessarily experts on how to run a business and, and all of the different ways that they can save on, on taxes and everything else. So this is where I and, and my team and the people that I align myself with, like Austin, can help business owners to, because they don't know what they don't know, right? And just like Austin, when you and I, when we go to the dentist, we tell them, you know, we have a toothache and then we pretty much kind of work with them and they they come up with a diagnosis and a plan of care. And within reason, we're not expected to know how to give ourselves a filling but many dentists and physicians and attorneys, they almost expect themselves to be able to design a retirement plan when consulting with someone like myself and, and our team would uh, potentially uh, be come up with some ways of, of uncovering very innovative solutions. So business owners have a lot on their plate. Designing retirement plans should probably not be one of the things that they have on their plates. Absolutely. Again, when you wear too many hats, it starts to look a little silly. So I couldn't agree more there. All right. So just kind of wrapping it up here, what types of businesses might be uh, suitable for these cash balance plans? Really, if I'm, if I'm going to simplify it to its easiest level there, it would be high income, low employee count businesses like the one we were looking at on our example slide a few moments ago. We are looking for those, you know, really things like local, regional physician, dental offices, doctor's office, local consultants, farming groups have really taken to the cash balance plans. These are going to be generally groups. And again, there's a little bit of flexibility to this, but generally groups with 10 or fewer employees, high, relatively stable cash flow. Many times owner operated businesses are very suitable. And one that I've seen a lot of traction with recently are groups that have an older owner. They're looking to pass the business along to a younger, maybe son or daughter or younger trusted employee. These can be a great bridge benefit as we're working to make sure that that older owner is able to retire with a suitable number of assets as well as overall clean up the taxable picture for themselves and the company before making that succession. So. We've given you all a lot to think about today. David, I will pass it back over to you in closing here. Absolutely. So this has been really interesting, a lot of information. 
And uh, I like the the guy on the slide right there, kind of scratching his head, looking a little bit confused. So if any of this kind of, you know, you'd like to learn more and if you'd like to know how it applies to your business or how it might ap apply to your business, really just two simple things you can do. Go to david at parallelfinancial.com, shoot me an email, or you can go directly to my calendar link. So www.calendly.com slash David PF and the PF stands for Parallel Financial. Uh, we can spend, whether it's in person or via Zoom or telephone, 30 minutes or so, we can talk about the 30,000 foot aspects of what you're concerned about and really just decide what our next steps might be. So it's a pretty simple process. Don't go it alone. And remember, there are a lot of a lot of issues within your, your business's finances and retirement plan that you're just not expected to know. And that's why it's important to partner with someone uh, like myself and, and and I'll get Austin involved and 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 the other appropriate parties. So with all of that being said, don't forget to make sure you're checking out the Weekly Wealth Podcast, www.weeklywealthpodcast.com, or you can also just check on all of the platforms, Apple, Spotify, and so on. So Austin, I appreciate your time and your expertise. This was really interesting, a lot of information, and quite frankly, you're the expert on it more than, more than I am on a lot of it. So I appreciate that, and uh, maybe we'll have you on uh, next year for some new legislation when it comes out. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me. And thanks everybody again for the time today. The information contained herein included, but not limited to research, market valuations, calculations, estimates, and other materials obtained from Parallel Financial and other sources are believed to be reliable. However, Parallel Financial does not warrant its accuracy or completedness. These materials are provided for informational purposes only and should not be used for or construed as an offer to sell or a solicitation of an offer to buy any security. Past performance is not indicative of any future results.